Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me. Five o'clock on this Thursday morning. Good morning. It is Thursday, March 16th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A mix of sun and clouds today. Going to just be a beauty. High 56 tonight. Overnight, partly cloudy, low 42. And then Friday, even nicer. It'll be mostly cloudy, but could hit close to 60. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 33 and cloudy, so much to get to on this Thursday morning as we are work our way up to sit and friends in the morning at 6 o'clock. The best part of waking up in the middle of the night and then coming to work is you see the oddest things happening either in your neighborhood or on the streets because people feel like they're safe under the cover of darkness. I think of an incident, this one happened years ago, but when I was doing early mornings 10, 15 years ago, I had walked out to my car. This was on the Upper East Side and someone was trying to take my tires off my car. I mean, it was parked on a city street. And if I hadn't been out on that hour, I guess my tires would have been gone. But it was the oddest moment because I started to walk to the car. And this guy looked at me and then he ran away. Then I had this moment this morning. This is the second time this has happened where I walked out my door. Now, I live in a very urban area of Jersey City. I mean, there's a light rail a couple blocks away from me, a path station. There are hundreds of people walking on the street at any hour of the day and not not at 2.30 in the morning. But as I'm walking to my car, there was, again, a coyote. Now, I've never seen this. I've seen deer. That was weird. I've seen uh, a possum, that's strange, skunks too, but the coyote was the first time I saw it, it was a couple of weeks ago, I saw it for the second time today, and I, I was able to snap a picture of it, so uh, it was clearly afraid of me, the minute I started walking it took off, but I got a picture of it. So the very exciting thing is I'm going to put it up because you've never seen a coyote before, I'm sure. But in an urban environment like this, it was wild. I'll put it up on, uh, let's see, wabcradio.com. Yeah, I'll put it up there before the morning is out. All right, let's get into it. The top five at five. Complete madness at a mall in Hackensack. It looks like Aaron Rodgers will be a jet, so will New York welcome him. Lawmakers may scrap congestion pricing for a new pricey parking plan. Some stores in Midtown watching your every single move. And can you be drunk without ever having a drink? The answer to that, by the way, is yes. We'll get into that as the morning wears on. WABC News Time 503, but let's jump into it. Out to Hackensack, New Jersey. A scary scene unfolding at the mall there yesterday. Five women found unresponsive, apparently had OD'd 
on a mix of maybe cocaine, something like that, and fentanyl. It's not clear yet. It happened at the Riverside Square Mall. This mall worker found the women in the parking garage. When I came outside, I saw a lady laying on the floor by her car. I saw two other women that were laying on the floor. Um, I went back inside, grabbed the AED kit, uh, administered CPR, which we were able to get one of the ladies to respond. Um, the other one, we did have to administer AED shocks. She responded. Uh, one was unresponsive. It didn't seem to wake up. We talked about those shots, talking about Narcan, so they were able to wake up these women, some who had just were lying on the ground. They're lucky. It was this guy, this worker that found them. I know when I did approach the one lady, her lips and her hands were kind of blue. Uh, so I'm not sure what that's an indicator of. But uh, the other two ladies that seem to be in the same condition as well. Yeah, so the EMTs raced to the scene. So did the cops. The guy who was the worker who found them, the one you've been hearing, those first two sound bites, uh, he had just finished taking a new EMT course to learn how to revive people from drug overdoses. I mean, you can't make that up. I just got recertified two weeks ago. I've been a CPR AD certified for a little while, but I just got recertified. And it's different from training um, when you're hand- versus being hands-on. Uh, so it was a little nerve-wracking. How wild is that? Uh, good for the women. They're going to all be okay. Again, we don't know exactly what they were ingesting or what they were doing. But uh, thankfully, that EMT or that EMT in training found them in the mall parking lot in Hackensack. WABC News Time 505. Cops say the leaders of a gun and drug trafficking ring are facing more than 120 count indictment here in New York. And what is another wild story this morning? Let's get the latest now live from 77 WABC's Alex Barnard. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. And yes, that's right. Mayor Adams stood in disbelief before a table overflowing with seized weapons yesterday. Look at some of these guns. The one here has a silencer. This one has a silencer as well. These extended magazines can have multiple shots at any time. Attorney General Letitia James alleges the ring sold guns, including ghost guns, and $25,000 worth of cocaine throughout New York City and Westchester County. These dangerous weapons were being peddled in neighborhoods where families live and children play. Nearly 20 firearms, a dozen ghost guns, and six high-capacity magazines were recovered during a 16-month joint investigation. Officials say the guns were sent in from Massachusetts. One of the more unusual facts about the case is that one of the alleged members, Euclides Castillo, reportedly worked for the gun manufacturer Smith & Wesson. And while none of the guns recovered were made by Smith & Wesson, Mr. Castillo had experience recovering, assembling guns and understanding how to fix them. And during at least one firearm sales, Mr. Castillo provided instructions about how to compile and operate the guns that were purchased. The crackdown comes just one day after three incidents of gun violence on the Upper West Side, Harlem and East Harlem, that police believe were connected. Oh, really? So do they think it's connected to this gang? Are they even making that assumption that it's to these people they arrested? Well, not quite. It's it's more just the the theme of gun violence plaguing the city, as uh, as Mayor Adams and Letitia James have said, is a blight that keeps plaguing our the five boroughs. And strange, Smith and West, and the guy worked for Smith and. Wesson? Can you believe that? I mean, that's pretty wild. Usually it's uh, some dopey, low-level criminals who try and get away with something, but this seems like it was a major operation. Yeah, very interesting. WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. WABC News Time 509, let's head up to Washington Heights. Police investigating after a driver lost control of their car, hit six people, 
before smacking into a funeral home. This was Broadway near 190th Street around 6.30. Two of the victim's kids, lots of eyewitnesses. The car, when it hit the wall, um, the engine was keep uh, going, like, uh, accelerating like, like 60 miles an hour. The children, they got blood uh, on their mouth. Uh, the man went under the car. After he got hit, he went under the car. And they pull him out. It was a frantic scene to get this car away and check on those kids. The driver, a woman, she actually ran away at first, but then returned to the scene and cops cuffed her. The two children, thank God, they have minor injuries. They were taken to the hospital in stable condition. The four adults who were hit have suffered leg injuries. They're going to be okay as well. The FBI investigating a fire on an in an Upper East Side hotel yesterday that may be connected to an exiled Chinese billionaire. We got this story. This was early yesterday afternoon from the FDNY. Got an alert. There was a fire at the hotel at the Sherry Netherland Hotel on the Upper East Side. We did not know it was connected to this exiled billionaire until later. But um, the story goes that uh, Guo Wenji had been arrested on federal fraud charges early Wednesday morning at his penthouse apartment in the Sherry Netherland Hotel. The um, the FBI was apparently investigating the apartment when this fire broke out. We saw smoke coming out of there and a lot of people looking up. And I mean, the, the trucks just kept coming and coming. They came right away and they kept coming and coming. So Wenji was arrested about 6 a.m. at the building, which is uh, 60th and 5th Avenue, by the way, charged with uh, wire fraud, securities fraud, bank fraud, money laundering, the list goes on and on. So FBI agents had stayed in his 15-room, $32 million uh, penthouse apartment for about six hours when all of a sudden this fire broke out. So we don't know what the connection is to him, if something was set to go off or if they set something off. The initial thought this was an electrical fire and maybe just a coincidence, but we don't know all the details yet. At this point, neither the FBI nor the FDNY know whether the fire was linked to the arrest. Both offices declined to comment on this case. Three teenagers, we told you about this story earlier this week, video of them beating up a 15-year-old who is autistic on a subway in Washington Heights. They beat him up. They actually pulled him into the subway station, uh, pummeled him, and it was just god-awful to watch. And then they took that video, as uh, dopey kids sometimes do, and they put it up on social media, which made it a little bit uh, easier to find them. So one of them now in custody, a 14-year-old, he's been charged with aggravated harassment, um, assault, menacing. They're still looking for two other teenagers. One's a girl. The mother of this teen who was beaten down says she's never going to watch this video. I refuse to watch that video. Nobody wants to see their kid being assaulted. This is the first time it hit me. Like, hit me directly. I always see it happen to other people. I never see it happen to me in my household. So, it's horrible. Just a matter of time till they catch up with those other teenagers who they have really clear pictures of. They just so far haven't found them. Okay, football star Aaron Rodgers says he'd like to be a New York Jet. The 39-year-old quarterback telling the Pat McAfee show yesterday that it is his intention to play here in the Big Apple. Because I still have that fire and I, I, I want to play and I would like to play in New York. Uh, it's just a matter of... Um, you know, getting that done at this point. I guess he's not really playing in the Big Apple because it'd be in the Meadowlands and East Rutherford, but kind of the same thing. Roger says he hasn't been holding anything up as it's up to Green Bay 
and the compensation they're trying to get from him uh, or for him, Jets fans, they were, of course, watching this very closely yesterday. They watched this Pat McAfee thing. There was like hundreds of thousands of people on the YouTube channel watching uh, the show. And, uh, you know, everybody has their thoughts about whether it's a good idea to bring Aaron Rodgers here to New York or, well, New Jersey. I'll take Aaron Rodgers for, for two years. Then he can go help us out, get into the playoffs, and uh, go from there. I'm not happy about it, actually. I was really hoping for Derek Carr. I thought he was a better fit. Yeah, there's always somebody who's going to be unhappy about it. Uh, at this bar where this camera was set up interviewing fans, by the way, they were all sitting at these tables at the bar, staring at their phones, watching this Pat McAfee interview to get the latest. And um, one of them was a Green Bay Packer fan. And he said, yeah, good riddance. This guy's just a weirdo. New York can have him. Speaking by for every Packer fan, I think they're happy now. See the end, because they're fed up with his every year. Am I playing? Am I not playing? So now it's going to be the Jets' problem. So, Yeah, so uh, Rodgers had spent um, three full days and four nights in darkness. What the hell that means, I have no idea. But he said it was to help clear his body and his mind to make a decision. He also says the Packers made it clear they wanted to move on from him. So will he become a Jet? Was this a move on his part sitting down for this interview to push the Packers to give him to the Jets? None of that we know for sure because neither the Jets or the Packers are speaking today. But let's get the latest more on more on this. Let's go to the 77 WABC Sports Desk on this Thursday morning at 5.15. And we find Justin Ellick. What do you make of this? Is Aaron Rodgers going to become a Jet? Was this a move on his part to push the team to make that happen? No, I mean, I, I think he uh, he was he had uh, he played as big of a role, I guess, as he usually does with this sort of stuff. He's a big time veteran and a big time star. So I think when you hit that kind of level of uh, of notoriety in the NFL, uh, you have some leverage. So I think he's using that leverage to his advantage. But he said he's not the one holding up uh, these negotiations at the moment. It's the Green Bay Packers. So they want to make sure that they're getting enough in return for Rodgers before they ship him off to New York. But. If he's saying that on the Pat McAfee show, it's a big-time podcast, and he goes on that show once a week. So, Is there any way he stays a uh, Packer? Well, I mean, the Packers have him under contract. So I guess if they really wanted, uh, I guess, uh, to sabotage him, they would. But then he still has the option to just retire if he wants to. <laughs> so, right. you know, if uh, if the Jets get the, get the guys that he wants, I think if they get one more name off that little wish list of his, then, uh, then he's going to be a New York Jet. But the Packers still need to feel like they're getting enough in return. By the way, mm-hmm. I don't mean to steal your whole sports report, but he said there was nothing to that wish list. He didn't have a wish list at all. Oh, yeah. You, you look, don't you believe look, I don't believe that. Okay. No. Right. But I think he has to say that. But you're, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're going into that meeting with the Jets. You're going you're gonna to make some some demands. Hmm. I okay. would think. If I, were him, if I were him, I would. I don't uh, see why yeah, not. Of course. of course. You make them here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Over to uh, local action last night. You just had one hockey game. The Islanders beat the Ducks 6-3 to three out in the hand. I'm getting back on track. Of two straight losses. Kyle Palmieri was your star of the game, posting a career high four points with a goal and three assists. Brock Nelson had two of those goals, including the tie-breaking goal late in the second, and then the process secured his second straight 30-goal season for the Isles. Up next, for New York is a date with the Sharks on Saturday in San Jose. Looking ahead to local hockey action tonight. The Penguins are uh, going to uh, pay the Rangers a visit tonight at 7 p.m. at the Garden. Tampa Bay Lightning, they'll pay the Devils a visit tonight also at 7 p.m. And 
like we had just mentioned, a good amount of news to get to out of the NFL other than Aaron Rodgers after all the reports yesterday that the Philadelphia Eagles plan to cut pro ball cornerback Darius Slay. It now appears that the star corner is expected to stay with the Eagles, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. The 32-year-old is entering the final year of his three-year $50 million deal. Elsewhere around the league, the Carolina Panthers have reached a four-year $25 million deal with running back Miles Sanders. The Dallas Cowboys released longtime running back Ezekiel Elliott, making the running back a free agent. The Cincinnati Bengals signed four-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. to a four-year deal worth $64 million. And six-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle Fletcher Cox is returning to the Philadelphia Eagles on a one-year $10 million deal. And tough news this morning for Mets fans as we inch closer to opening day. Lou Rufino, uh, doesn't have a heart. He was just laughing about this. But... I can't stop laughing. <laughs> Edwin Diaz suffered a right knee injury Wednesday night, uh, last night, during the on-field celebration of Puerto Rico's victory over the Dominican Republic in the World Baseball Classic. The star closer will undergo imaging today to determine the severity of the damage, but multiple sources have said that they fear the injury could keep Diaz out for a significant period of time. He couldn't stand up. He couldn't stand up. He needed to be carried off the field, so uh, it didn't look too good. He was he was weeping. He was crying for you know his mama and, and all that good stuff. So it was uh, a tough scene to watch. If you're going to get hurt, get hurt during the game there, big guy. And March Madness gets into full swing today with a packed slate of first-round action of NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. 16 games are scheduled for today, starting at 12.15 p.m. Eastern time with nine seed West Virginia taking on eight seed Maryland and professional basketball action tonight Sacramento Kings they visit the Nets at 7 30 p.m. here with sports I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC it is all about and has been about congestion pricing for what have been hearing about this for like the last two year uh, federal lawmakers forming a bipartisan committee now to fight the MTA's congestion pricing plan for Manhattan uh, no surprise, these lawmakers, one from Staten Island, the other from New Jersey, places where people would be affected and hurt by this fee. The caucus led by Republican Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, who's, of course, represents Staten Island and portions of Brooklyn, and Democratic New Jersey Congressman Josh Gottheimer. They're working together, they say, to stop this plan. The idea behind the caucus is to get like-minded uh, legislators to come together to meet and to discuss ways that we can work together to I'll stop this. Meliotakis and Gottheimer plan to introduce legislation calling for a full and thorough environmental impact statement after pointing to studies showing congestion pricing would shift vehicle traffic from higher income areas to lower income communities. We can't keep pouring dollars into MTA's endless black hole. Yeah, he says uh, New Jersey, Staten Island would become an ATM for the MTA that has failed the riders miserably. This time MTA leadership came before the House Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure and gave Congress a full recounting under oath of the billions of federal dollars they received. Yeah, I don't think this has all been thought out. And uh, Congresswoman Maliotakis says uh, the environmental study that shows uh, that's being done shows some places will get hit with worse traffic with congestion pricing. Congestion pricing would shift vehicle traffic from higher income and more urbanized areas to lower incomes and more vulnerable communities like the one that I represent. So lawmakers in Albany starting to see that this congestion pricing thing might be falling apart. So here's their latest idea is they want to charge you to park on the streets of the city, not 
not metered parking, but people who park on the street every day. You know, that alternate side of the straight parking where you got to go find a spot every day. So this is the thought is maybe they would create a parking permit, which, by the way, a lot of other cities already have. And they would charge New Yorkers 30 bucks a month for this parking permit. Now, uh, that seems like a lot of money, but they say that could take the place of this congestion pricing plan that is so controversial. But this would be controversial, too. So they are debating this in Albany. $30 a month to get one of those stickers you'd put in your car that would give you the right to park on the street. doesn't give you an automatic space. you got to search for one of those. But 30 bucks a month, you get that sticker, you could park on the streets in the city. Maybe that would replace congestion pricing. We'll see what happens with that. WABC News Time 523. So much more to get to on this Thursday morning. Stormy Daniels in the big city yesterday. We will tell you why. Maybe Mayor Adams breaking ground on a new project with the Gowanus Canal. And we'll tell you how stores and businesses across Midtown more and more are using facial recognition. What are they doing with it? And that video they collect, we'll get to that and more. But first, at 523, a check of Wall Street. Here's Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. The banking crisis still weighing on Wall Street. Stocks mostly lower yesterday. The Dow Jones Industrials down 600 points early in the session, finished down 280. Housing starts expected to be flat last month despite increasing home builder confidence. Mortgage interest rates continued higher through last month, near 7% by months in. FedEx revenue expected to be lower last quarter, weaker demand in the U.S., Europe, and Asia affecting the shipping giant. FedEx recently announced several cost-cutting measures in including layoffs and office closures. The stock is up 9% so far this year. More retail earnings expected today. Dollar Tree's fourth quarter profits expected to be lower. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 525, Stormy Daniels. In the big city yesterday, an attorney for the porn star says she met with New York City prosecutors investigating former President Trump over the alleged hush money payments. Michael Cohen, he also testified again before the grand jury yesterday. And no surprise, he spoke to reporters when he was done. I'm relieved that my role is now, for the time being, over. Daniels met with them at the request of the Manhattan DA's office to answer questions related to the investigation. Her lawyer says she agreed to make herself available as a witness. They're investigating whether the former president falsified business records in connection to the $130,000 payment made to Daniels before the 2016 election. Former president has denied an affair with Daniels and the allegations related to the payment. I have complied with every request that was asked of me by the district attorney's office so that they could review this case as best as they possibly can. More from Michael Cohen. Michael, will you testify at trial if called? If called, absolutely. Yeah, um, uh, well, we'll see. There's one more bite. My position is that at the end of the day, Donald Trump needs to be held accountable for his dirty deeds if, in fact, that's the way that the facts play out. 
president has called this a witch hunt. Uh, they offered him a chance to testify before this grand jury. He said his lawyer said, no way, that's not going to happen. New York City officials, Mayor Adams, breaking ground on a $1.6 billion project that aims to keep the Gowanus Canal clean. It's about fixing the environment, but also the beautification that's associated with it. The Brooklyn Waterway was once one of the more contaminated, maybe the most contaminated bodies of water in the nation since it's gone undergone a major federal cleanup. Mayor Adams says the latest effort will build two underground storage tanks that will hold up to 12 million gallons of sewer overflow during rainstorms, stopping pollution from going into the canal, which was well, part of the problem before. And especially uh, during heavy rainfalls. Uh, these tanks... And the improved drainage and pumping infrastructure around it would keep the Gowanus Canal cleaner. Yeah, you remember how dirty that body of water was? Wow, man, it was toxic. But now it's relatively clean. We are just getting started on this Thursday morning as we work our way to up to 6 o'clock and sit in friends in the morning. Some stores... In Midtown, they are watching your every move with cameras. You probably already knew that. But what do they do with all the video and audio they collect? Can you be drunk without ever having a drink? The short answer is yet. And a dead cat found in a mailbox in Cranford. It's a weird story. We'll get into that and more. Let's do all that on the other side of this WABC News Time 529. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. New York proud, New York loud, with New York attitude. All here on Talk Radio 77. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yep, that's me. 531. Good morning. It is Thursday, March 16th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today, high 56. Tonight, overnight, partly cloudy, low 42. And then Friday, mostly cloudy, could hit near 60. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 33 and cloudy. Where were you during the first half hour? We got through so much, but we got so much more to get to as we work our way up to 6 o'clock. We'll start in Midtown. Stores, businesses using more and more often facial recognition to identify customers in what they say is their fight against shoplifting. At Fairway on the Upper West Side, the long-standing supermarket there, West 74th Street, they're a alerting shoppers there with a small sign that says the supermarket is collecting, retaining, storing, and sharing information that identifies the shoppers that are coming in. So they, they're looking for people who are shoplifting so when they come in a second time, so uh, most people who were shopping at the store yesterday had no idea they would be watched so closely. But where is it? It's I don't a, like it. I didn't notice that. I think the sign should be bigger. To address the, the shoplifting concerns, I think that's first and foremost, because you can put them out of business. Oh, stop. So somebody can stop Campbell's Soup, please. Well, it's bigger than just stealing Campbell's Soup. Fairway's uh, parent company says this identifier information is helping the store reduce retail crime. The company says they're following all the laws and they say retail theft and shoplifting has a huge rate 
of repeat offenses, and it drives up grocery costs for all customers. So they say, hey, if you're an honest shopper, you shouldn't be worried about this information being collected. Honestly, I don't, because I know that just walking around New York City or London or any major city, that there's cameras everywhere. Yeah, there is. You can't get away with really hardly anything anymore. The tech you probably remember has been used and has been used at MSG Madison Square Garden and Radio City Music Hall. It blocked an attorney from entering after she was identified via facial recognition. She was in a fight with the owner of Madison Square Garden. Mayor Adams, by the way, recently urging businesses to use facial recognition to fight shoplifting. There are, of course, some privacy issues, but in 2021, New York made it illegal to sell the kind of information that Fairway is collecting, and it requires any business using it to notify consumers, which they do with that sign. And then, of course, you have that German Shepherd, which is working great. Old school, right in front of that CVS in Midtown, they've had a German Shepherd out there with a guard. And they say shoplifting incidents at that CVS have gone down big time because people see that German Shepherd stationed there. Okay, this is bizarre. Let's go out to Cranford, New Jersey. I guess that's considered central New Jersey. A woman found a dead cat inside her mailbox Sunday now, uh, night, and now police need help tracking down whoever put it there. The cat was found in the family's mailbox in front of their home. This is on Collins Street. Here's the family. I was getting ready for school upstairs in the morning, and I was my grandma started screaming down here. The worst part about it is that I have an autistic son, and he saw it in the morning. And it really upset him before he got on the bus. Okay. The thought here is someone's trying to send a message to this family. You don't just randomly put a dead cat in someone's mailbox. New surveillance video captured the person that police believe put it there. And now they're asking for the public's help. We realized that the occurrence happened on Sunday night where we have an individual walking up to the house with the deceased cat in his hand, in his right hand. He walks up and puts it, places it directly into the mailbox, and then he slowly just walks away. He had on a light-colored scully, um, dark sweatshirt. Yeah, there's, it's pretty clear who he is, but the camera's kind of far away. It appears the animal may have been dead for a while, or uh, possibly was hit by a car or killed by a wild animal. They don't think the person who put the cat there is somebody who's killing cats, but they're not sure. Police and the family want to know why it happened to them. Now, the thought is, maybe the family knows, someone, but they don't think anybody has a beef against them. They've lived in Cranford forever. They grew up there. They're friendly with their neighbors, so they are scratching their heads as to who might do this. I felt unsafe. Like, it was, it was just like, who would have done that? And, like, why? What was the reasoning? It's very upsetting and very unsettling because I grew up in this town, and it's not something you know, that you would normally see in a town like this. Another example of cameras being everywhere. Of course, everybody's got a doorbell camera now, so they're able to watch this guy as he walks from some nearby woods to this family's home and puts the cat inside the mailbox, but so far they have not been able to catch up with them. Let's bring it back into the city. No shock here. New York City has the most traffic congestion in the U.S. This, according to a new study, found that New Yorkers spend the equivalent of 10 full days in rush hour traffic every year. This is a worst, man. You know, today is Wednesday and you can see too much traffic. I think more people are driving rather than taking buses and trains. Yeah, that was true during the pandemic, right? People ditched the subway, the bus, got into their cars. 
It's called the TomTom Index. It covers traffic in 390 cities around the globe. Found Gotham drivers spend 236 hours in traffic during rush hour annually at an average speed of just 12 miles per hour. Last year, according to the TomTom Index, it took about 25 minutes to drive six miles in the city. I think that's longer than that. But uh, this is according to average overall. Either way, New York City number one on this list for having the worst traffic in the nation. Attorney General Letitia James set to host a family drag queen story hour event at a New York City LGBTQ center on Sunday. Similar events have been held several times over the last years, but New Yorkers cannot agree on whether it's an appropriate thing to do, especially to use taxpayer money to host some of these drag time story hours. I think it's a reality that we're living in, right? And if we're hiding realities from children, then we're failing them. I just don't think that kids should be exposed to that stuff so early. I wouldn't say it's sexualizing them, but it's exposing them to things that they don't need to be exposed to so early. A lot of people talking about this, uh, the upset that tax dollars go towards funding drag queen story hours. Uh, There's an organization called called Drag Queen Story Hour NYC, which is a nonprofit that is funded only by taxpayers who choose to support the cause. Uh, despite the mixed reactions, families are invited to bring their children to what James has called a Drag Story Hour Readathon. Uh, well, I don't know if this drag queen's going to be there, but here's one who likes to read to kids. Welcome to Drag Queen Story Hour. My name is Cholula Lemon, and I'm <laughs> the theme for today's story hour is shoes. <laughs> I like that, Cholula Lemon. Uh, more people reacting. They don't know the difference. At a young age, it might just be something new. They're seeing like a cartoon character. It's like nowadays we kind of got to be open to other things. I don't think it hurts anybody. I think it brings a different perspective and a different diversity and understanding for people. Yeah, so Drag Story Hour New York is a nonprofit that's received taxpayer money to send drag queens into public schools and libraries to read to kids. Welcome to Drag Queen Story <laughs> Hour. My name is Cholula Lemon. I love that I'm they have this- these great names, Cholula Lemon. You got to love that. WABC News Time 541. A top transportation official says we need to look at whether the airline industry is facing too much stress. What's going to happen in the future when we have even more of a congested airspace? The NTSB chair there making the comments to NBC as the FAA Air Safety Summit is being held. She specifically mentions drones and air taxis that are occupying the skies along with airplanes, making it tough to follow it all. Drones, air taxis and everything else that's coming online. We have commercial space launches and reentries almost daily. She didn't say if those are the reasons there's been a number of close calls recently, both on the ground and in the skies. But the airline industry, she says, is under stress. That's a lot of pressure on the system. Uh, yeah, so they have to figure it out. So let's hope nothing happens before and while they're trying to figure that out. 542, an emotional first trip to Florida for a Missouri mother yesterday who lost her teenage son to an Orlando amusement park ride. Nikia Dodd walked around the four foot, uh, 400 foot high free fall ride that her 14 year old Tyree Sampson fell to his death from through a loose harness. It was a year ago. Afterwards, she told reporters the ride was a death trap without uh, seatbelts that could have saved her son's life that day. It's, it's, it's a tragic, it's, it's a horrendous ride. Should have never have been built, if you ask me. That is always your worst fear when you jump on one of these rides. It speeds through. Is it going to hold me? 
And, of course, some of the sensation of these rides is making you feel like you're going to fall out of them. Dodd's visit comes as crews tear down the Icon Park ride as uh, Florida lawmakers consider tougher rules for ride operators. Tyree's parents are suing the ride maker, the operator, and that amusement park. Dodd telling reporters afterwards that being in the spot where her 14-year-old fell to his death through that loose harness was very tough to do. I'd imagine it was. My emotions are all over. They're all over. I'm, I'm angry still. I'm, I'm happy. I'm everything. I'm all over it with emotions. Yeah, can only imagine. WABC News Time 543. There's tension on Wall Street as investors continue to worry about the strength of the banking sector. NBC's Seema Moody says rising interest rates have impacted the sector big time. That's putting more pressure on banks and their bond portfolios. California Silicon Valley Bank, as you know, failed Friday. That was followed by the closure of New York-based Signature Bank on Sunday. Now all eyes are on a Swiss bank, Credit Suisse. If uh, there is worries that this might be the next bank, to, large bank to fail... Uh, more from uh, NBC's Seema Moody. It's putting pressure not just on the broader banking sector, but the regional banks. They're once again selling off names like First Republic that were under a lot of pressure on Monday, once again down about double digits. So so clearly a, a lot of concern about what's happening, the financial system. So the hard part to figure out is for regular folks like you and me, how does this really affect us all? Should we be really worried about what's happening here? It is a little scary to know that these smaller banks that aren't all that small uh, could have a trickle effect and affect the entire economy. Uh, more? To me, I haven't felt the repercussions yet, but, like, excuse my language, crap rolls downhill. Hmm, okay. So um, the global operations being looked at at Credit Suisse, uh, some other banks uh, being mentioned as well as places that uh, might be in trouble. We will watch. Of course, it's been affecting the markets, not a huge way. Well, yesterday they were down 500 points, but not maybe as much as we might expect. We'll watch the markets when they open today to see how they react to some of the news from these other banks that people are worried about that could fail as well. WABC News Time 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk and Justin Ellen. Thank you, Gnome. We'll start with our local ice hockey action last night. Just one game. The Islanders beat the Ducks 63 out in Anaheim, getting back on track after two straight losses. It was Kyle Paul Mary. He was your star of the game, posting a career high four points with a goal and three assists. Brock Nelson had two of those goals, including the tie breaking goal late in the second, and in the process secured his second straight. 30-goal season for the Isles. Up next for New York is a date with the Sharks on Saturday in San Jose. Looking ahead to local uh, hockey action tonight. The Rangers, they get set to welcome in the Pittsburgh Penguins at 7 p.m. And the Devils, they'll welcome in the Tampa Bay Lightning also at 7 p.m. And a good amount of news to get to out of the NFL from yesterday. As we're feeling the secondhand joy from Jets fans after Aaron Rodgers claimed that it was his intention to play for Gang Green this upcoming season. Rodgers made the comments on the Pat McAfee show saying he isn't the one currently holding up the trade, which has still yet to be finalized. The two teams and Rodgers remain in contact, sources said, as they try to work through the final stages of a potential deal, which would include restructuring Rodgers' contract and agreeing on trade compensation. And after all the reports yesterday that the Philadelphia Eagles plan to cut pro ball cornerback Darius Slay, it now appears that the star corner is a expected to stay with the Eagles, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. The 32-year-old is entering the final year of his three-year $50 million deal elsewhere around the league. Some moves yesterday. To speak of, the Carolina Panthers have reached a four-year $25 million deal with running back Miles Sanders. The Dallas Cowboys released longtime running back Ezekiel Elliott, making the running back a free agent. The Cincinnati Bengals signed four-time Pro Bowl 
offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. to a four-year deal worth $64 million. Six-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle Fletcher Cox is uh, returning to the Philadelphia Eagles on a one-year $10 million deal. And tough news this morning for Mets fans as we inch closer to opening day. Edwin Diaz suffered a right knee injury Wednesday night during the on-field celebration of Puerto Rico's victory over the Dominican Republic in the World Baseball Classic. The star closer will undergo imaging today to determine the severity of the damage, but multiple sources have said they fear the injury could keep Diaz out for a significant period. If you saw it, you would probably have to agree with that statement, given the fact that he was carried off the field by his coaches and teammates. And March Madness gets into full swing today with a packed slate of first-round action of NCAA men's basketball tournament. Uh, 16 games are scheduled for the day, starting at 12.15 Eastern time with 9-seed West Virginia taking on 8-seed Maryland. And the NBA action tonight. Wait, 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 wait. What, what? You didn't show any love to FDU. FDU, yeah, with the big win last night. No, the big, huge win. Slaughtered Texas Christian. What was it, like 84 to 60-something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So uh, good for FDU, and uh, who do they get in round one, do you know? I think it's Purdue. All right. So we'll look forward to that FDU matchup against Purdue. They will not win. And uh, the Nets, they welcome in the Sacramento Kings tonight, 7.30 p.m. I'm Justin Ellick with sports on 77 WABC. All right, let's get you up on some of the big stories of the morning. Go out to a Hackensack, New Jersey. Scary scene unfolding at the mall there yesterday. Five women found unresponsive. Apparent overdoses may be related to fentanyl. It happened at the Riverside Square Mall. This mall worker found the women on the ground in the parking garage there. When I came outside, I saw a lady laying on the floor by her car. I saw two other women that were laying on the floor. Um, I went back inside, grabbed the AED kit, uh, administered CPR, which we were able to get one of the ladies to respond. Um, The other one, we did have to administer AED shocks. She responded. uh, One was unresponsive. It didn't seem to wake up. Yeah, amazing that this guy happened to be the the right guy. I know when I did approach the one lady, her lips and her hands were kind of blue. Uh, so I'm not sure what that's an indicator of. But uh, the other two ladies that seem to be in the same condition as well. So they use Narcan, other things to wake up these overdose victims. The uh, good news is I think they're all going to be fine. Uh, one of them even refused medical attention at the scene. But let's go back to that mall worker who had just finished taking new M- EMT courses and uh, he was just the right guy who showed up at the right time. I would say even he's a hero. I just got recertified two weeks ago. I've been CPRAD certified for a little while, but I just got recertified. And it's different from training um, when you're hand- versus being hands-on. Uh, so it was a little nerve-wracking. Yeah, good job by him. What those uh, five mall workers were doing, was it a Coke? What kind of drug they were using? Not clear. Don't know yet. Up to uh, Washington Heights, we actually just got some more information about this story from last night. Police investigating after a driver lost control. She hit six people before smacking into a funeral home in Washington Heights last night. This was on Broadway near 190th Street. Two of the victims were kids. There were a lot of eyewitnesses. The car when it hit the wall, um, the engine was keep uh, going like uh, accelerating like like 60 miles an hour. The children they got blood uh, on their mouth. Uh, the man went under the car. After he got hit, he went under the car. Yeah, frantic and, scene. And pull him out. Frantic scene at the this scene where people were trying to get make sure everybody was okay. Who was hit by the car? So the female driver ran away. Then she returned to the scene, and then they cuffed her. Now we're finding out that the car she was driving was likely stolen. So that might be why she raced away from the scene. So that's a new wrinkle in the story this morning. Here's the good news. The two kids, minor injuries. The four adults, also minor injuries. Looks like everybody's going to make full recoveries there. And one more from uh, overnight and into today. 
getting a little more information on this investigation by the FBI of this fire, Upper East Side Hotel, may be all connected to this exiled Chinese billionaire, um, Guo Wenji. He was arrested yesterday on federal fraud charges here in the city at his penthouse apartment in the Sherry Netherland Hotel. So FBI agents take him out 6 a.m. in the morning, and they are there all day. And then all of a sudden, a fire breaks out in this guy's a $32 million penthouse apartment. We saw smoke coming out of there and a lot of people looking up. And I mean, the, the trucks just kept coming and coming. They came right away and they kept coming and coming. So the question is, uh, was this fire somehow purposely started? Uh, or was it just a coincidence that this fire broke out at the same time that FBI agents were doing their investigation? Still not clear yet. The FBI, the FDNY, neither of them are saying anything this morning about this entire case. WABC News Time 553. Days of Our Lives. They have now been renewed for their 60th season. I didn't even know there were soap operas in anymore. I do recognize that tune. Show brought back for two more years after being moved to NBC's online streaming service. Series was NBC's longest running drama before moving to Peacock. Uh, NBC reports Days of Our Lives has been consistently a top 10 title on their streaming uh, uh, app, app. So, okay, good for them. Days of Our Lives still. Lots of people watching it from day one. Well, 60 years or you'd be in your 80s if you're probably watching it <laughs> from from day one. Okay, March Madness, we've been talking about this morning. FDU winning last night, beating TCU. We'll play Purdue, uh, number one seed. Probably will end there. Uh, it is all about March Madness, and um, this is usually all about betting and beer. And uh, Bree Tiris has more on that. In celebration of March Madness, you know, the big basketball month, Coors Light, the makers of beer, have a very special limited-run beer-flavored popsicle. It's non-alcoholic, and they say it tastes like real beer. It'll come in a tube like an otter pop, and it'll be available only for a limited time and only during March Madness. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. Yeah, I'm not sure that I'd be into a beer popsicle, but I'm sure there's others people out there who would be. Uh, that collision between a Russian jet and an American drone. The thought is now that it was likely unintentional. Probably was the result of profound incompetence on the part of one of these Russian pilots. That's according to State Department spokesman Ned Price. He says an inexperienced Russian pilot was likely the reason behind what happened over the Black Sea. The MQ-9 drone was forced down after a Russian fighter jet damaged its propeller over international waters. Price says... The pilot was likely the reason behind this uh, incident. This was uh, an unsafe and unprofessional incident that was also tinged with incompetence. Hmm, Okay. All right. Is it possible to be drunk without drinking? Apparently, the answer to this question is yet. Former New Jersey resident Mark Mogadaro would assure you that he was never drunk at work, but he said he was accused of smelling like beer or alcohol when he was on the job as a high school teacher and a coach in New Jersey. And he says staff approached him a number of times saying that he smelled of alcohol. I was brought into my athletic director's office. That was the first time that somebody said that they had smelled alcohol on me. I would never do that. I'm a teacher. During the school day, I had a meeting and um, I was I was forced to to uh, take a take a blood test and a breath test, and I had alcohol in my system. I had no idea. How crazy is that? And he says he was not drinking, and um, 
So now they go to research this. Is it possible that your body can create some sort of alcohol and the smell and maybe even feel like you're a little buzzed? Uh, and the answer to that is apparently yes. My mother started researching. You know, she she actually just Googled, can your body create alcohol? And auto brewery syndrome pop, popped up. Auto brewery system or syndrome. I've never heard of this before, but apparently it's a real thing. There's a doctor in, on Staten Island, a gastroenterologist who's been working on this. He has about 30 patients around the world who have this. Apparently, if you eat a lot of carbs, for some people, it creates this uh, alcohol-like smell in your system. And I guess you can create your own brewery. And uh, there's one guy was pulled over for drunk driving in Washington state. He apparently had ABS and um, they arrested him. After dinner, he would start slurring his speech. And, and I kept saying to his doctors, I don't know, he kind of looks like he's drunk. Yeah, but he wasn't. I mean, he was, but it was through this ABS system. Just wild. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.